0: There. Welcome to the Growth Through Grief podcast, where we interview individuals like you dealing with their own journey from loss to growth, along with mental health experts and growth guides, all with the purpose of helping you heal better, improve mind, body, and spirit, and find your new purpose from the loss and tragedy that you have experienced. Hi, I'm Tom Pasello, your host. I'm a growth evangelist, as well as a fellow widower, having lost my beautiful bride of 19 years, Judy. Uh, And she passed away some four and a half years ago at this point. My guest today is a fellow widower. His name is David Brock. Uh, David is a widower of two and a half years, having lost his wife of 38 years, Cookie, in 2020. Uh, And I got to know David from my sales uh, consulting business. I had the pleasure of interviewing him on my Evolve Selling podcast, and uh, David was an absolute pleasure on that podcast when we were talking business. And when I launched Growth Through Grief, David reached out to me and said, hey, I know you've interviewed me before. I I didn't realize you were a widower, and I'm a widower, too, and we started to share each other's stories, and uh, it was great to connect with David, not just on that business level. But certainly on this very, very personal level that we're going to talk about today, Uh, David on the business side is incredibly successful. He's an author. He wrote the book, The Sales Manager Survival Guide, and he's CEO and founder of a sales performance consultancy, Partners in Excellence. That is just an amazing business. Uh, David, welcome.
1: Well, thank you, Tom. It's, it's, I've been actually, it, it seems maybe a little weird. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I watched, you know, looked at the website and the stuff that you're doing is helpful to me and hopefully helpful to others. And, uh, and so I've been looking forward to. And
0: David, I have been looking forward to this as well, just having you share your story and uh your journey i uh, i think is great and the more we can do that with each other i think the more we can help each other to know that look i'm not going through this alone there's plenty of people that have come before me there's going to be people that come after me and i think the more we can transparently share i know that's tough sometimes as men and as business people you know we kind of put on our business masks all the time but it's great to have you on and getting to know you even better this way on the personal side so I love to start at the beginning, beginning of relationships, I think, can tell us so much about the relationship and about the people involved. Tell us, how did you and Cookie meet?
1: Well, we we first met uh, at IBM in in New York City um, is is. I was, you know, one of these cocky young college students. I'd been I, I my, my colleges had been in California and so on and so forth. So Californians have this certain attitude and all and New York's have a different New Yorkers have a different attitude, but I went to sell mainframe computers um, in New York City and I come in as this cocky young kid. Cookie had been selling computers for a number of years, and in fact, she was one of IBM's uh, uh, top five oh, salespeople wow. in the world. Uh, and so, you know, she, everybody in the office is kind of looking at who the hell is this guy? You know, these California guys are a little weird. I dressed a little bit fleshier <laughs> than, you know, we sold to bankers and, you know, rather than wearing pinstripes and, and that kind of thing, I dressed a little weird. And so she was kind of looking at me and, and all that. And then after about six months, um, I did, through luck, I happened to do, close a really big deal in, in, in IBM at the time. You typically went through about an 18-month onboarding mm-hmm. program and weren't put on quota until after that. And so I just kind of fell into a lucky situation. But she kind of said, gee, you're a kid I should pay attention to and look at. And so we started socializing in the group. And at at one point, she and a number of the other of the of the married women in the office said, "Dave's pitiful. (laughs) We need to set him up with women." (laughs) And they, you know, for a couple of years, they kept trying to set me up with women. They said, "No, you're Californian, so let's try and find blonde, blue-eyed women and all Mm -hmm. those kinds of things," you know, and. They kept setting me up with women and it failed. It failed and failed and failed. And And finally, Cookies took pity on me. She says, I've given up. I guess I'll have to give you
0: a shot. Well, good thing she gave you a shot. Good thing she gave you a shot. That's awesome. And um, so you guys built a life together. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me about your your family and, and the life that you had.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, the, the, uh, the life we had was really around kind of our professional lives. Uh, we, we had no okay. children, um, and all, but around our professional lives, as I, I mentioned, um, Cookie was, at the time I met her, was one of IBM's top salespeople and went on to become their, the top salespeople person in the world um, and just really accomplished and looked, you know, her customers loved her, Everybody in the organization loved her, and, and every, you know, everybody always talked about Cookie. I, uh, I remember there was one time where we had a senior manager that said, um, we have to change your business cards. Cookie is undistinguished for selling these multimillion-dollar computers and all that. It has to go to Anne-Marie, and she, she says, well, no, everybody knows me as Cookie. Um, I said, no, 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 we're changing your business cards. She says, okay, I'll take care of that. Um, a week later, the chairman of the board of IBM got a call from Jack Welch, uh, David Rockefeller, and Edmund Safra. Each said, what's happened to Cookie? And, and so, so that changed. She went back to her old business cards. But that was kind of, she was almost a force of nature. People just loved her and gravitated towards her and so on. So we did that. She built her career, she was recruited away to another technology organization as a regional vice president of sales. What was interesting at the time, I was going up the food chain and running uh, parts of the business and uh, she was recruited actually to a competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was, you know, we had to say, well, gee, how do we keep our relationship and communicating and so on? And what's out of bounds? What are the things we can't talk about? Um, and we talked about them anyway, but we managed not to let that, that <laughs> influence how we worked. Or, or some, you know, I remember one of the accounts that she had was an account that was in my responsibility. And I said, you just, this one, <laughs> you just can't tell me anything about. And I, you know, and I'm going to have my team compete against you and beat the crap out of you. And, and uh, she said, well, you know, I'm the best salesperson in the world, so good luck. Oh, uh, and so we went on doing that. Um, at one point, it was really interesting in her career. The, the, uh, she went and worked for Wang Labs, which was at the time one of the fastest growth kind of companies mm-hmm. around. Uh, and then it kind of hit the peak and started plummeting. Uh, at the time, I was being recruited away from IBM to be uh, EVP of sales for a um, um, technology company on the West Coast. Uh, she was working for a guy by the name of John Chambers who went out yes. to Cisco Run fame. Cisco. And and it, it was, I remember the day it was was John had said, Cookie, you gotta lay off 130 salespeople uh-huh. in the region. Um and you know, I she was trying to figure out what she wanted to do. She had I was moving to the, the Northwest uh, and John had offered her a job as RVP in the Northwest. She went back to John and she said, John, I always overachieved my uh, objectives. You know that. Uh, I've laid off 131. Here's my resignation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what she did is she pursued her dream. She'd always dreamed of becoming a professional chef. So she went to the Culinary Institute of America for their three-year program, became a professional chef, and then started kind of a catering oh, business, wow. a consulting business. And that's what she did. Uh, you know, through her passing.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Uh, And also that was kind of our life. And, you know, all around a lot of professional interrelationships, around a lot of family, and, and again, our friends, just because everybody gravitated to her. You know, I was the guy that kind of hung on um, and all. And they said, well, since, I mean, you come with cookies, so I guess we'll have to <laughs> accept you, but uh, but that was,
0: that was kind of And very- David, uh, those who are in tech know this really well, but those outside of tech, you know, sales is a difficult job for a woman to start with, just a, a, in tech yeah. especially. It was definitely a, ma- a man's club and a man's world, and the fact that she was the top sales rep at IBM and then went on to overachieve so much, I and mean, that's real testament to her talent and her tenacity.
1: Yeah, it, it was amazing because as she moved into managerial roles and all, she was such um, an inspiration mm-hmm. and a mentor. She was a real, she had high expectations of everybody, but really deeply cared. And I think that's when you, you talk to people about how deeply she cared for each person and she became a mentor. And there are things like um, when she left and became a professional chef, people who worked for her would call her up and say, Um, Cookie, I have this forecast, tough forecast review I got to go through. Do you mind if we talk about it before I go through it? Or I have this tough deal. Do you have any ideas? And some of these guys went on to be VPs of big organizations themselves, but they'd call and look for her mentoring and her ideas because she listened really well, she cared, and she was wickedly smart from a sales point of view. So, yeah, so that that was kind of, and it's kind of interesting today, you know, I have conversations with people who work for her in the in the past, and they, you know, they always we always go to a deal or a situation or, or, or things yeah, like that. That's amazing.
0: So, now, your journey with her ended ended unfortunately in twenty twenty. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It um, over the, she she passed away on January fourteenth, twenty twenty. We had just celebrated our 30th oh, wow. wedding anniversary on. December 20th of 2019. In in fact, that was the day she went Mm. into the hospital. Uh, And, you know, we we were thinking about going out to a fancy dinner, and I noticed she wasn't doing well, and we ended up having to go into the hospital. But over the prior three years, she had struggled with uh, cancer. Mm -hmm. And we went through, as as I think so many people do, is is kind of the roller coaster of the experience. Uh, You know, at first, you know, she went through uh, radiation and chemo and all those sorts of things, and we were reasonably Mm -hmm. optimistic with the results, and the doctors were reasonably optimistic. And then there was a recurrence, um, and and again, and, and, you know, it it, it was interesting, the doctors said, you know, We're working with you to, and we believe we can save your life and have it go into remission at at, at about six months before she passed away. They said, we can only work to try and Mm -hmm. extend your life and to try and give you the best quality of life. So the last three years were difficult for us, both emotionally and then physically. I mean, she was always quite an active person, but, uh, You know, uh, she was on oxygen a lot of times, carrying around an an oxygen machine. Um, You know, she was a a huge golfer and, you know, she she no longer had the physical capability, even though everybody was. So, you know, we put the oxygen machine in in the Mm -hmm. golf cart connected to the bat, all those sorts of things. Um, She just didn't have the energy to do that. So, you know, she. From being a tremendously outgoing social person, she became, you know, just through the, her health, increasingly isolated. And, and I mean, friends would come over and, and help her, but you could tell that that, uh, you know, emotionally it was uh, d- devastating to her and to to, yeah. to me.
0: And it, you know, it sounds like it was about three years the the disease kind of process that you went through. Mm-hmm. I know for me, it was a big roller coaster over, gosh, almost a 10-year period if you count all of it together. Yeah. Um, that takes a toll on you too as well, I'm sure, because you're, you're in the fight. And I know I took over as the one who had to understand everything that the doctors were saying, try to guide the care, try to make sure that she had the best of, of everything that was available. Um, tell us about that a little bit for you.
1: Yeah, it's and part of it is, I think, for a lot of us kind of in the profession that we've chosen to be in, we tend to be kind of heavy type A people. And, you know, and it's this is this is a problem we can solve. So, you know, I'd spend all sorts of time doing research and studying and talking to different people and saying, you know, through sheer force of willpower, I can help get this problem Mm -hmm. solved. And. Unfortunately, this was something that regardless of how much I wanted to solve the problem, I couldn't. Uh, and and so it was it was a real struggle for me from a, a mindset point of view of, you know, I, I, you know, I've been involved in really complex, difficult business situations and always most of the time always mm-hmm. prevailed. And this I couldn't do anything about it. And and. and coming to the point of kind of acceptance and saying, how do I go through with this was a challenge. And I'm not sure I successfully mm-hmm. dealt with it is is, you know, I keep accepting it. But then I keep saying, well, gee, I'd see a study of something. And I go look at the study and say, are there some test drugs or things like that we can go through? And she at one time, she said, you know, Dave, stop doing yeah. that, um, you know, and. and what what was amazing to me is she managed, particularly that six last six months, in a much better fashion than I was ever capable of managing. And she had it. kind of uh, come to that. So kind of right? She had accepted. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you were still in the yeah. fight. It sounds and
1: like. I, I continued. I continued to fight for it, and and then you know, and what was interesting is you know as part of you know in my work I tend to travel a huge amount but I stopped traveling uh, and cut down on the traveling and we started doing a lot more things remotely and and I mean what was good was you know I mean you start learning about the goodness of human beings as you know my clients you know I didn't publicize to everybody in the client but usually the sponsor it might be a CEO or the EVP of sales I'd say look, I'll participate in these meetings remotely. Here's my situation. And they said, Dave, whatever you yeah. need. And so the goodness of people that that acknowledged kind of the circumstance and just wanted the best for us uh, was, was what helped me through a lot of this.
0: And I know for me that because it was a battle that was lost and was one that ultimately could never have been won because that wasn't his plan in it, um, I definitely lost my mojo quite a bit, um, for lack of a better term for it. And it sounds like you struggled with that a little bit too, right? We were not used to losing. And even though I've had a couple of businesses or things in the business world that certainly have gone wildly positive, but a couple that have went sideways, it wasn't the same as this. How did you get that mojo back or, or are you still kind of struggling a little bit to get it all the way to where it was before?
1: Um, I, 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 to be honest, I'm still struggling a little bit um, and, and all is, you know, towards the, the last few months and then particularly in, in probably the six or seven months that followed, I'd keep myself busy. Mm-hmm. I'd be going through mm-hmm. the motions and, and things like that, but uh, I knew I wasn't 100% yeah. there and I would be easily distracted in those things and, and the other challenge to that. At the same time, is, is you know she passed away uh, a, a couple of months before COVID hit us. Yeah, and and so you know the the changes in COVID in the isolation, where, where my my inclination was to travel more, be more engaged, to get out and do things, if if even for the distraction. All of a sudden, we were shut down. I couldn't do those things, even going to church. I mean, church where, where uh, you know, there are people I could talk to is – is uh, or, you know, friends or, or community kind of groups and things like that, or even working out at the gym, which was a great relief mm-hmm. for me, is all those shut down, and I lived on these screens. Yeah. Uh, and lived in my house, so that the, the timing of it and going through where I most needed to be engaged and involved with people, unfortunately, COVID made that very very difficult. Yeah,
0: and the interaction digitally is not the same. Um, you know, the, this little screen that right. we're even d- recording this on isn't the same as if we were in person in the studio. Um, that human touch wasn't there for you either. So yeah, that, that had to be doubly tough. I mean, there's a compound grief aspect to that. You you lost your wife and then you also lost a lot of ability to kind of recover from it right at the same time.
1: That's exactly it. A lot of the things that, you know, I've been reading or people, you know, friends who've been through similar kinds of things had said, you know, you they sure you do these things. You know, there's the tendency for you to shut down. And and they said that's probably not the right thing to do. But, but you know, with the restrictions of COVID, you have to do those things. And so then you yeah. start looking at what are the alternatives? How do I get past this and how do I get beyond it? And, you know, I don't know how many, I mean, and there, again, I'm just always amazed by the goodness of people that people that came out of the woodwork, both, I mean, Good friends uh, changed the conversations they'd have with me. Uh, People that I had kind of known reached out. You know, a lot of uh, people who had gone through similar situations and said, Dave, I just wanted to let you know I'm here. I'm going through the same thing you are. Anytime you need help, just give me a call. And to know that
0: there are people that were thinking about you and praying for you probably at that same time is just really special. Absolutely. Was that the toughest thing that you, you kind of addressed? Was just that isolation after where you couldn't kind of throw yourself into work that a lot of us had you know did? I definitely. Did. Yeah, I,
1: I I think that you know it, again being a heavy type A type person, I, I tend tended to try and throw myself into activity. Some of it was meaningless activity, but it yeah. was activity. Yeah. Um. And also I threw myself into that. There are a few other things. Um, I was just reading one of your posts before this um, is we had lived in our our home in Southern California, kind of overlooking the water and all that kind of thing. We'd lived there for 18 Mm -hmm. years. And it was she had found the place. She had made the place. And after she passed away, it was no longer our home and I felt like a foreigner in the home. And so what I did is I immediately sold the home. Um, it sold, you know, I was fortunate it sold very quickly. And the day we closed was the day the real estate industry in, in California shut down because of COVID. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing was i have been planning to move to Northern California. And they said, Dave, uh, you won't be able to see any houses. Um, And I I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, the house has to be empty. And I said, well, if people don't wanna leave, I'll pay for them to go to Starbucks or McDonald's, whatever, just give me a half hour. No, the house has to be empty. Uh, Nobody can be there. So they said it would take me nine months to find a house. Well, I had a friend who had a, a, a house that he couldn't sell up at Lake Tahoe. And so I said, do you mind if I lease it for, since you can't sell it, can I lease it for a year? So I spent a year up there just kind of camping out. And and the difference was yeah. good for me is a, a, a different, you know, out of the house so that, you know, everywhere I turned in our, our house, um, I saw her and memories and so on and so forth, uh, 20, 24 hours yeah. a day. And so the difference was changed and I've now, you know, bought a house in Northern California where, you know, I still have, you know, we collected all sorts of things. So I still have our collections, but it's a different context. So I remember the fun of collecting and doing those things unless you know, the house that she really built and was no longer part.
0: Now, part of the, that article is, um, Psychologists recommend not making big decisions kind of when we're in that post-trauma process, right, because your decision-making might be clouded. It'll be more emotional than logical, perhaps. And I've got a dear brother uh, here locally that's part of my brotherhood group that we get together monthly, and he's struggling. He's struggling to be in the home. Um, kind of a lot like you were,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, and he feels isolated there. He can't sleep there very well, and so he just gets out on the road and travels all the time. He too is a tech seller. Um, what What yeah. do you recommend there? I mean, what What should be like if you knew him and, and his situation, having you gone through it? It sounded like it was a good move for you to sell the home and to do that more quickly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, on uh, questions like that, my my answer is always yeah. it depends. Um, it depends on each individual, your circumstances. You know, I, you know, through my professional career, I've always traveled a huge amount. And through the professional career, we had to move locations, mm-hmm. um, you know, from we started out in New York City and we had second homes in in. Pennsylvania, and then we moved to the West Coast and then moved back East and, and bounced around a number. So moving was something that I was really familiar with and was really comfortable with. Um, and because my travel and all that, it seemed the best thing yeah. for me. And, and it, it was, you know, and, and, you know, in hindsight, it might have been escaping, um, but it, 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 has worked out really well for me it is what I, I do is is like you'll see like the chessboard in the back and some other things around, uh, you know, we collected a certain kind of game board all the time. And, and you know, I have 35 of them, is you know, scattered through this house. And there are some things like she collected kerosene lamps and it's hard for you to see it, but you can see there's some kerosene lamps and Behind me, you see two pictures of really joyous times we had together. So I've been able to create a space that I feel comfortable with, that I know uh, sh- she's yeah, present. Yeah, with. that's still a tribute to uh, Cookie, and, and but and not overwhelmed by her well, yeah.
0: presence. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's a good yeah.
1: balance. And I adopt little, ha- I adopt little habits to, to do. Th- I mean, some things that may seem silly, but. Uh, um, I had been journaling for a number of years um, and I changed my journaling is every evening I do my journaling, but it's a letter. To oh, her.
0: that's, that is lovely, David. Just kidding. You're going to make me cry. I love yeah. that.
1: No, it, it starts out with, cause you know, every evening, I mean, what was, you know, she, you know, even though she moved on into being a professional chef, her business mind and her understanding about, how big businesses mm-hmm. really work, um, you know, and technically, you know, for for tax reasons and all, she was the chairman of our, our, our company, uh, chairwoman of our company and had one percent more share of stock than I had. But but. Um, and 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 all but she said, Well, since I'm the chairperson of the company, we have to do forecasting, for <laughs> of years, and you've got to get your act. And anyone, together,
0: who's sales, you know, yeah. anyone who's in sales anyone who's in sales knows
1: this is straight. how much money I need to spend this year. So this is what you need <laughs> to earn. Uh, but we always talk about our days, our professions, her clients, some menus that she yeah. was doing, what I was going through. And every evening it was always those conversations. And so now I have those conversations and letters. Oh, every that's
0: day. that is wonderful, and a, yeah, a great way to kind of continue that dinner time chat that you all used to have. Or, or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So journaling is one way that you were able to kind of heal through the process and and keep connected to Cookie. Um, when you moved to Tahoe, was that good in that you could get out maybe a little bit more out into nature, out into the woods?
1: It was good because we we lived in I could get out in nature. You know, I, I, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't ski because I destroyed my knees skiing. But, uh, you know, hiking and bicycling and doing those kinds of things and and kind of refreshing myself because I lived in Southern California, uh, even though we lived in a beautiful area, it's Southern (laughs) California is just masses and masses of people. And so this I could be away and and I had some family close by so I could relate to the family. I had one of the people that had been kind of who had uh, a lady who'd gone through breast cancer had been kind of a coach and a a confidant of cookie as she was going Mm -hmm. through this lived close by. And so, you know, we were able it, it was able to stay connected with people who cared and then as I mentioned earlier, is kind of this community around, literally around the world came out of the woodwork. Um, You know, and I had people like, uh, you probably know, Jill Conrath had gone through a similar experience with her uh, husband about two years prior to mine. And Jill was such a great friend, but Jill would call me and check on me. And we'd have these conversations. And and a number of other people, uh, you know, people hadn't gone, but like, uh, you know, Brent Adamson is a close friend. And Brent would call me every Friday to solve the problems of the sales world. But what he was really doing was trying to make sure I was okay. Uh, and, And all sorts of numbers of people like that.
0: That's awesome. And I had an opportunity to interview Brent for my book as well. So... Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Jill yeah. is wonderful. I haven't had a chance to interview her in the business world, but uh, anticipate maybe one day being able to do that too. What are some other things that you think were helpful in your own healing process? Anything else that you were able to leverage or that you'd recommend?
1: Um, I, I think, you know, one of the things is I've always been a fairly private person. And my natural inclination would be not to talk about mm-hmm. this, to put up kind of a wall about it. And while I, I have to say, I'm not totally comfortable, I've become more comfortable talking about the experience, about her, about the experience of, of going through it, of the experiences of, uh, you know, at times I'm lonely mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, things like, you know, we used to have date nights every Friday and, and, you know, we'd go out to dinner or we'd go to a movie and dinner or something like that. And, and I, I'm shortly after she passed, I said, well, I'll continue that. And I went to a movie and I chose the same seats we always sat in. And I, I just couldn't pay attention to the movie because yeah. the seat next to me was empty. Mm-hmm. Um and, and also, I you struggled doing some of those things um, and finding new routines. Um, but I've become much more comfortable with being open with it. I, I don't think, you know, before this, you and I could have had this conversation.
0: Yeah. Um, Me either, David. Uh, I'm, I'm and, pretty private as well. You know, not in business. I'm pretty gregarious in business. But when it came to personal mm-hmm. stuff, I really didn't share very much. But I found through this that, there's real healing and sharing um, and being transparent and being yeah. vulnerable. And um, then you start to realize just how you're not alone, how everyone is dealing with some kind of loss yeah. usually, and they can relate and it gets the relationships to a new and better level.
1: It's one of the interesting things I've discovered is like a few months ago, um, um, a person who'd been a manager reporting to cookie hadn't been aware that she had passed Uh away. And some, you know, a mutual friend shared it with him and he immediately calls me up and he's so embarrassed. He said, I didn't know this. I wish I'd known. And you could tell he was a little uncomfortable talking about it. Um, you know, both because it, you know, it had happened. He was, he was about two years after she passed away and he hadn't known and, and they were close. And he just didn't know how to approach that. And, you know, it actually, you know, I've actually found I'm more comfortable talking to them and helping them become comfortable and not embarrassed by it and, and things like that. So you notice little things is, and then people who've known for a while who were deeply involved. You know, we just—you know—it's—it's it's more. Um, it, I, I'm more open to it, um, and and again, you know, sometimes even right now, I'm feeling in the pit of my stomach. There's a little bit of discomfort. Um, you know, I'd much rather be talking about the future yeah, of selling <laughs> and—is and it—is 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 it virtual? Is it—is it face to face or whatever? But uh, but there, it is therapeutic it is you can't keep it all bottled up inside of you. I
0: agree. I totally agree with that. Um, from a body standpoint, I know that it it, it was one of the first things I changed was what I was eating, um, my exercise routine. I really doubled down, tripled down on that. And it helped a lot. It helped to get moving. It helped to um, start my own healing process because I think that those of us who've been through a journey of trauma through the disease, it, it takes a toll mm. on us. I had gained a lot of weight. Uh, I'm now about, gosh, 60, maybe even 70 pounds lighter. Um, yeah, I uh, mean, a yeah. big, big difference because, you know, you're, you're going through that kind of trauma process, it, it takes a toll on you mentally and physically. what what were some of the things that you did or how did you motivate yourself to kind of get out of bed? Because, you know, like you said, you were under a lot of COVID isolation too, not just the loss.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. Getting out of bed wasn't really a a problem with me. And what I found was like during the week, because of Mm -hmm. my business commitments, you know, working during the week was pretty easy. What, Got a little bit more difficult is how do I fill Friday yeah. and Saturday because Friday and Saturday were always our time together, um, and we do again go to the theater uh, dinners uh, parties or just go see yeah. something, uh, uh, and all uh, and so I struggle and I still struggle a little bit with how do I fill my weekends and what do I do, um, you know there are things like. I, you know, I, I, I attempt to compete in triathlons, not very well, but, but um, you know, so I'd always been physically active and that was okay. You know, up at, I could get on my bike and ride. Um, swimming was a little bit of a problem because all the pools were shut down and I'm not going to jump in Tahoe in December uh, <laughs> and swim so, uh, and, and things like that. So there are certain things that from a, a, a kind of workout and fitness point of view that lapsed and I'm, I'm trying, I'm rebuilding right now. If I look at, you know, my my physical condition and strength and, and you know, my timings on certain mm-hmm. rides, I'm not where I used to be. But of course, I'm two and a half years older <laughs> than where I was before um, and so on. My eating is is. You know, I, I, I've actually about uh, six weeks ago tried starting something new because I found I was just doing the easy things. I and mean, since she was a professional chef, dinners were just s- simple, yeah. but stunning and um, and all. And so and I went back to just, you know you know, a big batch of chili would last me three nights, you know, and and a few things like like that. And so about six weeks ago, I take a recipe that I knew was one of her favorite. And my goal for the week is to create a meal on Saturday or Sunday using that recipe. So I both remember her, but I'm getting exquisite food. I, I, I haven't managed the way she mixed flavors quite as well. Is like she had such subtlety and, and depth in the flavors. And mine kind of goes flavorless or yeah. spicy. Yeah, <laughs> but
0: yeah that's that just out. a little bit better balance with experience. I'm I'm really good from a health standpoint in eating, but really bad that way too, David. So I'm glad you shared that because I do the easy route. You know, I don't cook. Um, she used to cook. I don't. I don't. Uh, I can cook, but I just don't. <clears throat> and it's easy to grab the same exact meal every day, which is just about what I do. Yeah. Um, so I love yeah. that you're addressing that and working on her recipes, which oh. is just amazing to remember some of those I, things.
1: I have literally hundreds of recipes. And in, in fact, I have uh, some brand new neighbors coming over this evening for just, you know, a glass of wine and a few. Appet- and so I went into her, Recipes and I said, what are the quick, easy things I yeah. could do? And so we're having a few of those. So uh, and they're unusual. It's it's not what one typically would have because she was so creative. And so and they will will never know this, but you know, it, again, it's I see these little parts of what were such great parts yeah. of her, and they're great ways to celebrate uh, our life now,
0: together. I know. You're never going to, you know, with 38 years with Cookie, never going to forget her and irreplaceable. Um, I didn't have this in my list of questions for you, so I understand if you don't want to answer it. Have you gotten out and dated at all? Um, I know your weekends are really important to you, and I don't know if you want to share this, but I know a lot of people are, yeah. Yeah, it's a big question for us as widowers, you know, when do you get out there, do you get out I, there, etc.
1: I haven't mm-hmm. yet. Um, she had always, you know, as, as we knew what the path that would things on, she, you know, made me guarantee that I would go out and date. And, you know, if I found somebody yeah. marry and so on and so forth, and I haven't yet, partly because it's still emerging from COVID, partly because I'm in a new mm-hmm. community where I'm slowly getting to know neighbors yeah. and things like that. I'm doing things like, uh, there's a community center here, so I sign up for evening classes, maybe as a way yeah. to meet people. Um, but and, and, but you remember, I was such a failure originally <laughs> that she finally she finally put me out of my misery. Is I, I still I, I still have that experience of failing. <laughs> so, I, but I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to do that, and I go through the things every you know, like on the weekends, I, I think well you know, what are some of those dating sites? Do I really want to sign up for one of those? How do I go meet people? Uh, so it's something that I'm looking at. I'm not averse to, but I just don't know yeah, how to yeah. do it. Uh, I literally don't yeah, know. And how there to is a little it, bit of a new so.
0: world to it, right? I mean, the last time you did it was for me too. Yeah. It was, you know, 20 some odd, 25 some odd years ago for you even longer, probably 40 years if you were married, 38. Yeah. So.
1: No, it was you met people yeah. through work and through through mm-hmm. their friends and through hanging out at bars and in, in Manhattan trying to pick <laughs> up people. It, 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 again, it is I had a track record of miserable failure if it was for <laughs> birth, So that's
0: um, so cute, David. I love it. I highly recommend having tried it myself, not doing the dating apps, and I will write an article about this pretty soon. Um, and have it be a little bit more organic, like you said, through friends, uh, through yeah. church, through some of the community things that you're doing. Um, workout classes are great. Um, you know, I do yoga, yeah. I do spin, yeah. and I've got different families that I consider there at those places. And that's been really, well, really helpful.
1: And see, that's I've started doing kind of yoga and some Tai yeah. Chi, and I, I go to the gym for workouts. And I'm starting to have friends, you know, talking to friends, saying, how do I, meet? you know, particularly, you know, women that I know professionally uh, who, who are happily married and all that, but how yeah. do I meet people? And, and, and in, in some sense, I'm trying to get that group, that cookie put together together and trying to get a group of women virtually who try and set up, <laughs>
0: And hopefully it'll work out better than that original time where someone will pity enough to get there. But, yeah. um, you know.
1: Well, I mean, it, it worked out and then I found yeah, cookie through absolutely. that process. Absolutely.
0: So. And, you know, hopefully, you know, it, as you said, there are those lonely times you want to share uh, times and um, our spouses, our partners, irreplaceable. Um, but I can also say having dated a little bit it, it is wonderful to have someone to share experiences with yeah. and do that in, in the right time. And I think that's important too, because yeah. everyone has different yeah. timing for that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's just that somebody that you have an evening conversation yeah. with over dinner, or you go and do something and just share the experience. Yeah, And together. you're really that's, cerebral uh, like uh, I am. Yeah. So
0: I'm, I, you know, I love uh, a smart person just to hang out with and, and share, share things with and have those deep discussions. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And so Dave, what's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave our growth warriors with our, our widowers with today?
1: I, you know, I, I, when you sent me the questions, I looked at that and I, I kept struggling with it because I don't know that I have an answer. I think You know, I think the best thing I can say is be at peace with the struggle. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a part of the process. And, you know, again, for heavy type A's like us, is you kind of push it away and resist it, and it gets worse. And it's amazing how much you discover about yourself, uh, about the relationship. And, You know, through conversations with other people. So just be at peace with it. I
0: love that. David, one of the things you did was you set up a scholarship for Cookie. Um, Talk about that a little bit because I think that's an amazing tribute.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, both because of her sales ability and because everybody remembers her as such a caring wonderful person who was driven to mentor and develop people. And I happen to do a lot of work with uh, Dr. Howard Dover at UT Dallas um, um, Business School and so on. And, and we were talking one day um, and he actually made the suggestion. And what we've done is we've established a scholarship fund for women. So each semester we award um uh, a woman uh, who's majoring in sales, a thousand dollar scholarship, um, and uh, and it's kind of you know in in memory of her caring, in memory of her mentoring, and so on. And she wanted to really mentor mm-hmm. young people uh, and women in developing in sales. So this is kind of a tribute to her. So far, we've we've raised enough for to fund somewhere. I think it's around fifteen, maybe seventeen oh, scholarships. Wow. Um, And, you know, if if anybody who could, you know, contribute $25 or whatever it is, it's right now it's it's I've kind of transitioned. It was a scholarship in memory of cookie. Now it's a scholarship in terms of developing young women to maybe have a dream to achieve some of the things that cookie. Yeah.
0: I love that. And as we said, it it can be difficult sometimes to break into sales as a, as a woman and to, to achieve. And the mentorship isn't always available. So any help we can give there really, really important. Uh, We lost a great proponent in that. I don't know if you remember Barbara Giamanco. Yeah. And she passed away as well too soon, way too soon. Um,
1: well, yeah. And I mean, they have a great scholarship fund for her set up through the kind of collective of yeah, universities. Yeah. Um, so well, we will know, include so, the link, yeah.
0: um, David, to that and uh, in the show notes. So please take note of it. And uh, David, I cannot thank you enough for sharing, frankly, uh, everything that you've been going through and the journey and also just sharing the story of cookie. Um It's just wonderful, your life together and great memories, and I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, So thank you.
1: Well, it's such a privilege to be able to talk to somebody like you about this, to be able to share it. it. Again, I think it's I probably get more out of it than the audience is because it's intensely therapeutic for me. So I, I am so deeply appreciative of the invitation and the
0: opportunity. Yeah. Thank and thank you, God. all listeners, for listening to the Growth for Grief podcast. If you liked what you heard from David and others, please hit like. Be sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. And until next time, my growth warriors, keep growing.